Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 458. We got the whole team back together. Yo. And it made it more fun than normal. Rude. I, I mean, I just realized that's rude to you and me, so I guess. <laughs> we got everybody rude. here. Whilst, whilst I enjoy having Anthony here, I think we're just a bundle of fun without him as well. <laughs> well, that's the thing, is it's like, are we, is it equally terrible if not all three of us are here so if any one person is missing it sucks otherwise it's good let's wait till i leave and then you can tell me yeah. <laughs> i mean then you say it's far better without you <laughs> if tony's not here there's not a podcast so it is worse because i'm not doing one without him. <laughs> <laughs> well we could do it it'd be like four, 14 minutes there we go um, yeah what'd you do this week nothing okay all right my... i like that i found my place in this world <laughs> Oh, we had a good one this week. Uh, lots of books that we explored. See, I uh, covered some X-Men shit. Lots of X-Men shit happening. Just X-Men shit all over the place. I didn't get into enough toys, but I guess I said enough of why I shouldn't be buying shit. No, that's for sure. Absolutely not. Just all kinds of shit. Yeah. I reviewed Shadow Man and talked about a real book a little bit. and Games. Game Games. shit. A lot of games shit. Which... Unfortunately, not enough. Back in the day, yeah. we could have covered E3 in two episodes. Right. Would taken. Now we can do it in about 15 minutes, yeah, but yeah. still covered it. And we all talked about uh, Loki, as usual. And yeah. Loki shit. Thoughts, yeah. <laughs> Lots of shit. So with that, grab some beer and shit, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 458, Cat Snatch Fever. Gross. <laughs> you liked it. It was okay, but it was it also no pussy galore. Me, it also made me throw up on my mouth. It was no pussy galore, but pussy galore might also be. Uh, it's a Bond villain. Yeah. Yeah. Or a Bond girl. Not yeah. A Bond you about the most fun I have ever had in my entire life, ever. It's, wait, it's better than the people yes. with your beard? Yeah. Like com complimenting your beard a oh, couple weekends ago? Oh, I do enjoy ago? that, but I also got that this weekend it's too. It's better so. than the weekend you did um, illicit drugs and spent a whole weekend in the forest with music and other fun people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. unicorns and yeah. The, yeah. the pagans. and Which yeah. festival was it? Uh, that was to the sun god Ra. Uh, <laughs> we also opened a Stargate and <laughs> forget all about it. But no, so I was uh, up at a friend's house for a gay pride event that she was throwing, and she told us that later on in the evening we were going to go for this hayride. So, a gay ride. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was a fucking thrill ride. So. I had also said that I wasn't going to stay the night. I had the option of sleeping in a tent, but it was, um, you know, an hour and a half north, and I just really didn't feel like it. So I remained sober throughout the day. And then we were going to do this hayride. I was going to leave, but she talked me into it. And what it was was this um, giant side-by-side -side that that's like a big quad ATV and a trailer behind it but a picnic table on it, not attached to anything, just the picnic table on it. It's not a hayride. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not going through a small like field either. We Are went on tracking? fucking trails. Yeah. 
imagine white knuckling this thing did they while going bolt, up and down. Did they bolt down the picnic table? No, 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 no. It was unstrapped until halfway through when finally someone got straps out of the back of their truck because it could only fit six of us there. Someone was in that, and there's some people in trucks in the back of a truck. But this was not really secure. And this was also not the hayride that I thought it was going to be. And oh my god, my adrenaline went through the roof and I was feeling something else because I thought like I was going to fall off. There are times when, when he says they would he's turn. feeling something else, I was instantly like, did you arousal. get a boner? Yeah, it was arousal. <laughs> That's immediately what I thought. I was like, okay, alright. He had a, an excitement So boner. now Tony will never ever become aroused unless he <laughs> possibly died. On the back of a trailer. <laughs> Going fucking fast. Oh, also, they decided to do this not when there was still sun out, but when it was already dark. So all we could see forward is the lights from this ATV mm. in front of us and yeah. what is going. And the few times when the driver would go like, branch, and either side just needing to like, because it would hit the front first, and then knowing it's going to hit us right on the back of this uh, trailer. Oh, man, that that was exhilarating. Sounds... I still, I was like, I'll pay for this, man. Like, yeah, danger. I don't know if fun's the word I would use. If you were on it, you would have. Been... I would have peed my pants. Well, it's like a roller sure. coaster, right? It's yeah. terrifying. Except, I think you the difference would be is that a roller coaster has to follow certain regulations, <laughs> and this is just some rednecks back in the woods. <laughs> Pretty much. I now know why there's dumb like videos of rednecks doing shit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If this yeah. was during the day, there probably would have been a recording. For oh, sure. Yeah. For sure. Oh, man, that was... Well, I'm glad know. you made it out alive, yeah. I guess. And it was a sober experience yeah. for me. Could you imagine having have, doing that whilst drunk? He wouldn't. He never would have ducked for any of the branches. <laughs> <laughs> Branch, what? Boom. Branch, what? Boom. We'd come, in, over and over we'd come in today and the whole side of his face would be all bruised up. Yep. Well, I feel like I probably would have tried to surf it if I was drunk. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, you would have died. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> but uh, before we get into some comic book reviews... I want to start off with uh, taking the cat out of the bag and really getting into the big talk of the town last week, and that is Batman and Catwoman. Uh, yes. Now, Linz has no clue what I the hell this because is. Because I am like blissfully unattached to any sort of news or like... Is that like a life thing or it's a life? It's a like life currently. thing. Like I... You've I've made the decision to, like, be ignorant. <laughs> but you shouldn't, Lindsay. <laughs> and it's, no. it's, it's doing, it's it's very nice for the, just the general well-being. The ignorance the is bliss. It 100% yeah, oh yeah. exists. For I, sure. I took uh, time off from Facebook and Instagram for, it was about a month and a half. Oh, it's and so nice, isn't I, it? The biggest thing, the biggest adjustment is, oh my god, I have so much time. Right. Like, the other thing is, oh my god, I'm all this time I'm in my own head so you have to deal with yourself and then once you come to terms with accepting that you have to live in your own mind then you're like wow I can just do all these other things right exactly but I did hear about this on NPR on the way here so I got here and I was like I don't have any news except that I, they were talking about Batman on NPR like specifically they were talking about the sex lives of comic book characters on NPR while I was driving over here and I came in late so I literally just got into the conversation where on NPR they were talking about Batman's sex life and I'm like what the fuck is going on <laughs> so this all started last week when the creators for the Harley Quinn uh, television series 
they're talking about upcoming season three and how, or did no season two just I think came out. I think they're talking about the upcoming one where they had to cut a scene that they had in of Batman going down on Catwoman because Warner Brothers uh, executives they didn't say it word verbatim, but ultimately what came back is heroes don't do that. Bullshit. The best heroes do that, <laughs> and that's the response from everyone anywhere. Well, and didn't they? Didn't they change like the one of the hashtags now is like uh, heroes never go down or something like that? You know, trying to make it uh, as if heroes like, always go down. Yeah, I mean, their shirts heroes don't do that, and yeah. I'm ordering one. Today. I like how Catwoman looks pissed. Yeah, well, why wouldn't she be pissed? <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. A real hero does. The oh, better response should, should look pussy. The better I mean, response Catwoman. to that was like, "That's not our brand," which is true. That is not DC's brand, right? Their brand. Yes, is I mean, not... the Har- Harley Quinn show is a little bit more centered right. towards adults. Yes. But yet, yes, I can see in a in a sense that isn't. But the way that it came across, like, it's so easy to say, "No, we don't feel that represents our brand." Well. Right. Okay. Every, right. No one. No, yeah. that say, you have some people go, oh, dang it. Right. But at the same it. point, though, like, who cares? Like, you know, I mean, the other thing, too, is if, you know, if they're going to say that one, you also be like, okay, Catwoman can't be going down on Batman either. Right. Okay, that's fine. But, yeah, it's it's one of those perfect examples of old white dudes not knowing yeah. how to interact with Old, specifically old rich white dudes yes. not knowing how to interact with the world and they say something like what I didn't say anything wrong and it's like dude you made like the biggest PR gaffe yeah. in doing this don't say anything <laughs> or don't give a reason why just say no and when they ask why yeah. just you said no there doesn't need to be more of there doesn't. reasons yep. there doesn't need to be a whole heroes don't do that stance because if they would have even thought about it for a second like even in their own personal lives, they would have been like, "No, that's not true." Like, uh, <laughs> there are tons of people that are now speaking about this, and specifically to heroes. And yeah, a hero would do this. Like the creator of the Gundam series was talking about how, yeah, we didn't ever have sex in the series, but some of those protagonists like people. And I thought about that when creating the characters and everything. Val Kilmer came out and like posted a thing. Of, like, him being Batman and, like, which way would I go or stuff. Like, all these people are talking about this, which I just find it so hilarious. All about just going yeah, down. Yeah, can we stop pretending that our comic book characters are asexual? Like, that's... They have children, some no, of them. No, they're not asexual. <laughs> they're, they only have vanilla Jesus sex. They're not okay? allowed to have dongs. We know that. I mean, he... he Batman clearly had sex with Talia... Al Ghul. No, and it was the Lazarus pitch just made. <laughs> yeah, it was just Damien. the uh, primordial pool style where two people just got close enough and it, he just spontaneously appeared. They danced together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't have Jesus in between them. They leave space for Jesus. This this exact conversation is one of the reasons why people love Kevin Smith movies so much. I mean, who doesn't remember that scene in Mallrats where they're talking about Batman or Superman blowing a load? Through right? Would she have to wear a kryptonite? Con- would he have to wear yeah, a kryptonite yeah, yeah. condom? Or like what? You know, people have been talking about this shit for years. It's crazy that the comic book companies aren't like. And like you're saying, yeah. and Batman's not the only one. Plenty of children have been born in the comics <laughs> right. universe. Well, the thing is, from superheroes, they, they have shown 
them with sheets up together in bed or seductively right. draped or even like a silhouette like of like Like the Sim Catwoman. style, right? They go underneath the blanket and you see the mound moving around. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hmm, something's <laughs> happening over here. But you can't just show a face and legs up in the air or whatever they were going to have it animated. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, this is, they're never going to live this one down. Yeah. It's going to, I guarantee you in a couple months once artists now are writing books, there's going to be some gags in the background. It would be interesting to know, had it been the reverse, what their reaction would have been. Like, if it would have just been Catwoman, like, popping up and, like, wiping her face off. Mm-hmm. Like, what they would have said. If they would have said the same thing. I don't think they would have. Or if they would have just been like, yeah, that's fine, of course no, Catwoman been, That's my fantasy, so put it yeah. in. <laughs> Can we get another one of those scenes? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I missed that entirely. Yeah, it was one of the most craziest things. And like you're saying, <laughs> it's bleeding into normal people's lives. It's on NPR. It was, it was right. one of my non-comic book friends that texted me a link to this and sent it with like, I was like, what is that? I had to read this article. And I was like, oh my God. And then I started seeing the memes of it. There was one of um, Elf about to put a cat in his mouth. Oh. <laughs> and then one of the parents says DC, like... Oh my god, I saw... Did you post that? Yeah. Because I saw that, and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? It, it's like a dank, like, you know, the dank meme, right? Where someone posts it, and you're like, do I need, like, a internet history yeah. over here to understand yeah. this one? Do I need to call my 18-year-old yeah. and be like, Connor, can you explain this to me? Tony, Tony showed it to me, and I was like, uh-huh. And he's like, don't you know about what's going on? I was like, with what? And he's like, the Batman. And then I was like, Oh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, it was dark. Funny, weird, wild times we're living in right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. Anyways, let's get into some book reviews. Uh, two that I want to just quick talk about is uh, The Great Gatsby, number one, uh, coming from Clover Press. Now, I'm not even going to really review this because this is straight up. A comic book adaption, and if you don't know about The Great Gatsby by now, there are, go there are, watch that beautiful Baz Luhrmann movie. There are movies, there's <laughs> plays, there's everything yeah. in between of it. However, I was I picked this up thinking that it was gonna maybe be like a different interpretation of it, like in now modern days. No, it is straight up, you know, set in the what is that? The late. It's like the Roaring Thirties. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> I was going to say late 1800s. They're very flappery. 1920s. But I will say this. The reason why I want to give it a shout out is because the person who is adapting this from the novel, um, uh, Ted Adams, he is uh, doing a great job for taking with what it is. And this isn't, you know, this is one of, I want to say, four or five issues they're going to do. And the art by George Coelho um, and colors by Ines Amaro. That's just what was, like, I wanted to just say, like, this is a cool thing. And they even mentioned, you know, in the back, like, you've probably heard this, you've seen this, but you haven't seen it in this medium, and that's true. And I thought it was really one well done for a comic book, so if you are one of the few people that haven't, uh, this is a definitely good spot to pick up. Uh, what I also want to quick talk about is Heroes Reborn, uh, Weapon X, and Final Flight, and this going into, again, this whole heroes, uh, you know, reborn type storyline that they have going on, it was really interesting 
followed Wolverine and Alpha Flight and their last stand against uh, Hyperion and Squadron Supreme. And now where this takes place, it says, you know, two years ago, Wolverine killed Hyperion. And I don't remember seeing that in there, but again, these kind of jump up and down. I haven't read issue Heroes Reborn 6 or 7, which also just came out this week, so I don't know the main story. But ultimately from this, what I really liked is how he was able to do it and the ending of this book where, how do you kill Wolverine? Well, you really can't. Well, you encase him in adamantium. Yes, but he was still alive in there, <laughs> breathing the whole time. What they do at the end of this book is they take him to some far-off, desolate planet that has no water or oxygen and go, hey, I don't know if your healing factor can work here, but if it does, well, you're going to have a suffering life, and then left him. And I was like, holy shit. And that doesn't even get into the other stuff. That was just with Wolverine that I thought was really cool. And however they have these alternative designs for heroes, I really enjoyed this Wolverine where he has kind of spikes sticking up from where normally when they injected him with the adamantium, like those kind of... Are got they cut. like non-retractable? They're just, yeah, they're just spikes of where you can see where the rods got put in, but they are permanently on his skin. So that's the only difference to know that this is this version, mm-hmm. which I don't need to have like... You know, the Age of Apocalypse, he had an arm cut off, or Cyclops had one eye there. Like, it doesn't need to always be drastic, but it was just a cool enough of where, well, it looks like Wolverine, but just weird metal spikes sticking out of him that I thought was kind of cool um, to kind of be unrefined from him then being an X-Men and all that. So, uh, all in all, good book. Again, like I said, Heroes Reborn has really surprised me, and I keep saying that, and it looks like the number seven just came out, and then I think it goes into one more book, and then the event is over. So that's what I have for that. I have another one that I'm going to talk in more in depth, but I'll let you okay. click. Well, I read a bunch of X-Men books. <laughs> just like catching up? or Yeah, well, they're doing the Hellfire Gala, and they are releasing about four, three to four books a week. On this, so it's catching up and also just that's, that's reading. about how much they usually do. Yeah, yeah, it's true, but I usually don't read all of them, right? Or yeah. any of them at this point. But <clears throat> so they, so I caught up on X Men number twenty one, Children of the Atom number four, which I hadn't read any of the Children of the Atom yet. I think you reviewed the first one, but mm-hmm. it, that one I found interesting because. I don't, I, I don't know if I just blacked out during your review or I just don't remember it at all, but it's interesting that this group of kids who aren't mutants trying to, like, force, like, a because, as, you know, when you, you, you become a mutant when you're, like, a teenager and something traumatic happens and, like, it manifests mm-hmm. yep. itself, or puberty, <clears throat> which is also yeah. a very traumatic event. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, flashbacks. PTSD. <laughs> but... So it's almost like they're trying to force some sort of, like, their mutation to manifest, or they, they're wishing... So it was just a really interesting, like, concept they haven't really done in any X-Men books yet. And this book didn't really have anything to do with the Hellfire Gala. It was just this group of kids, and, like, they thought they were going to be able to bust onto Krakoa because of the Gala. And I guess that's how it tied in. <clears throat> I mean, it didn't really do anything for the the event other than making me read about these kids. 
that I hadn't read about before. Um, but then I also read Planet Sized X Men number one, which is the annual, and then New Mutants number nineteen and X Corp number two. So, lots of books. And they all interwine with each other, they, so like your stories are going to just... They do, and it's weird because it is an event, but each book has its own thing going on. Like, you don't have to necessarily read all of them. You could stick to a couple titles and kind of get the gist of what's going on. But Planet Size X-Men is the big one, right? That's the one where a lot of shit happens. They introduce the new X-Men team, so they actually have this crazy psychic vote right where it's very democratic people put themselves up for a vote and then they all psychically vote for who they want to be on the next x-men team and then whoever gets the most votes those are the people on the x-men team it was kind of crazy democracy um, at its best baby <laughs> <laughs> um but they also <laughs> decide that krakoa isn't necessarily a big enough landmass for them and also they have this new island the sister island to Krakoa that now exists on that plane and people are getting nervous because they've doubled their landmass and there's like all the people that came from I think it's Iraq Iraqi or something like that that came over after the sword event and even Cap there's this whole scene with Captain America and Cyclops where Captain America's like People are getting nervous, man. All you mutants just... Hmm. There's so many more of you now, and there's yep. more land out in the ocean now, and it's making everyone nervous. <clears throat> so the solution to this, and many other problems that the X-Men are experiencing, is to terraform Mars and move the entire island of Iraqi to Mars and just make it a mutant planet. Okay. So now the mutants are on Mars. <laughs> it's crazy they have their own planet now 100% they have their own planet this is their very own mutant planet you can only come to Mars and come in through their port Elon Musk is going to be really pissed well <laughs> hopefully they nuke the poles you know that was his idea you gotta nuke the poles and you'll terraform the planet They so Magneto pulls an asteroid in that's iron heavy adds the iron to the center of the planet ah, to make that so that it can build magnetosphere. Back. Yep. That uh, it, then they classic go. Magneto. <laughs> pulling an asteroid out of yep. space. Storm helps build the atmosphere. They have this one mutant that came from God, the... They are a terraforming group. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. They've got this one mutant that's like a terraformer and he... You know. So they had from the other world so this is this other group of mutants literally that existed in the other world one of them could basically they described him as having um vast oceans within him so he could expel like oceans onto the planet <laughs> and then they had this like insect like creature who could do the job of like millions of worms that have done it over eons on earth he can eat okay. so much dirt <laughs> okay, yes, okay. Yes. although i have loved x-men now it's been a bit of a reach yes that's exactly he, like tony he, the amount of dirt he can shit out it's crazy is ridiculous man. it's crazy the way they do it and i was you like you get a power you get a power you don't got powers you're in charge of acorns <laughs> so yeah it was it was crazy the way they did it and very quickly too of course so my question now is, and I'm curious, you know, especially with them kind of like forcing the mutation, right? 
and it's the it's the the story that I feel like has been always talked about in a lot of X Men, but never really explored. That next stage, right? They always say mutations aren't a offshoot; it's the next evolution. Mm-hmm. Eventually, humans will die out. Only mutants, right? You know, right. going forward. With that, are there any duplicates? Is there any other Storm people that help Storm? Is there another Ocean guy? Is there two Bug dudes, or are they just literally like every new power? I mean, in X Men world, there are some I mean, that share. Shit ton of there's yeah, and there's uh, flyers or Sonic, but like yeah. But, so, really but I'm thinking into. like with this, right? Terraforming is the perfect opportunity to say this is a make new dirt team. Not <laughs> there's one dude who right. you know right. an alpha level and. He can do this and this, but... Yeah. It was a little bit crazy. And they're characters that I have never heard of before, right? Because they are from this other world. Um, But yeah, it was interesting. The way they've done it. If you need one ass pull to get everybody to Mars and you figure it out, the rest of the story's good, I mean. Right. So, it's good. The event's going good. Some books are better than others. I think the Planet Size X-Men was the big one. (laughs) So <laughs> it's read. planet size. Uh-huh. Now I get it. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, X Corp. I don't really know what's going on in that because they refer to something that must have happened in the first one that I did not read. Um, but it's all it's all coming together. It's all weaving together. You can kind of see that, like, even though they're I don't know, like eight books in, they're still like this is all leading I to just, something. Again, I still find the genius of. Magneto pulling in a meteor to then make a magnetosphere, like yeah. that. Yeah, like that just makes sense. Like I'm not right. like, even though they made up some mutants to do the other stuff, mm-hmm. they could have easily well have had any of the ones that are there, right? Do something like magma, like make some fissures or something. I don't know. Like yep. it's yeah, it's it crazy. They're having fun with X Men, and they it's really are. Enjoyable. I mean, they're they're. They, I mean, they terraformed a planet. Yeah. Like, what else have they done that's been on that sort of level, you know? Mm-hmm. They've done a lot, but now they've just, they've claimed Mars. Mm-hmm. They've just claimed it. It's theirs now. Well, and, you so. know, I think about that, the first thing that comes to mind is, like, The Expanse, right? Where a key point of the story in there is the interplanetary, po- like, political. And doesn't if you don't delve into the details of it too much, then it doesn't get overwhelming, but it opens up a lot, which they were already approaching, right, with Krakoa, the mm-hmm. idea that we're a, a sovereign nation. And it's right. like, now we're a sovereign planet. Right. And it's like, oh, okay, so, that, you know, it's a little bit serious. You're going to have, well, in the idea, too, that now you're splitting the Marvel Universe, which they, they've they always struggled to do, mutants and the non-mutants, mm-hmm. right? On Now they're on a whole separate planet. Right. That's a pretty good divide. How do they cross the vast expanse? The gates. Oh, the gates. The gates. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. The gates. So they just take the long time to fly the Krakoa out there, and then. Oh, they did from that there. through. They did that through a gate. Oh, they found a bigger gate. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. The a rock. There, there was something involved in like transferring the island to the planet, and it took a lot of work mentally. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they're like. I can't remember the specifics of right of it because they were doing so much all at once that I was just enamored by this creature that could do the work of like a billion worms over <laughs> each other. <laughs> and I don't even remember how they got Araki to the to the planet anymore. But yeah, they did they did something. They transported it. So they didn't pick it up and fly it. It just through a lot of willpower 
and effort, mental effort, got it to the to the planet. So there's stuff going on for sure. Cool. And it keeps you still intrigued enough to keep reading, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, there's a mutant that does the work of a billion words. You had me there. You should have put him on the cover. She's like, I used to love Jean Grey, but I know, now but worm now I'm like, this worm guy is awesome. Put him on the cover and be like, he can, with the power of a thousand worms. And you're like, I don't know what that is, but I'm interested. Earthworm Jim. I read something this week. Uh, I actually read two things. Ooh. Well, one is, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, I finished the novel I was reading, which is, it's a magic novel. It's called uh, Sufficiently Advanced Magic. Uh, Have you learned how to do magic? Nope, not yet. But that's, I've just started book two. So there's currently three have been released. The third one was actually released this year, like a couple months ago, I found out. So I've started book two. Really cool series. Um... It doesn't fall into a lot of the protagonist tropes where he's overpowered. He's actually very underpowered. He gets the worst, like they call attunement, which is how you get magic. He gets the least combat capable. And then he's thrown into a bunch of combat situations where he has to use ingenuity to get out because he doesn't just have the ability to shoot fireballs or anything like that. He has the ability to enchant items, which you got to be pretty prepared. Right. And he's not given a whole lot of time to just sit and make cool items. So... Cool book. Highly recommend it. Um, like I said, there's there's two more. Uh, I also recommend the Audible version. So Nick Podell is the voice actor. And, and I have loved him as an actor um, for Audible books. He actually lives in Kalamazoo. Hmm. A friend of mine plays tabletop games with him. And so I will be meeting him eventually. I don't have assigned something. Because I've actually found a couple book series because I originally heard him doing a book and I was like wow I really like what he's doing found some other series that he did and I'm really liking him too so uh, there's that but in the comics world I read Shadow Man number one okay. so I do know of Shadow Man I have played the Shadow Man Nintendo 64 game <laughs> in like 20 years ago alright so I, and I don't really remember it so much I do remember kind of the character you know very Bayou Norland style they do a lot of the voodoo stuff um, so this was like, uh, you know, same, uh, world, same character. Uh, they rapidly introduce the character. I mean, they don't even go into, they basically on the cover, uh, or the first page, they say like, he's a musician. This is his name. Here's where his power comes from. <laughs> he has to save her. And you're like, oh, okay. That's the introduction. And then, so page one is him fighting a demon. Um, like the true page one of like action. Uh, I actually liked the something I didn't notice at first. Uh, everybody else who speaks has a white chat bubble, and his is black. Hmm. So he gets black, uh, which corresponds to, um, you know, they do like the uh, inner monologue. Uh, chat bubbles are also the same color. It's just they don't have the. Circle. So it's kind of like, some, you know, I like that design that it pulls your eyes to, oh, I know exactly who's saying what, and you don't need to worry about context of who's talking. Um, other thing, the demons are pretty well aware, so as much fear as humanity has for this kind of, like, other world, the demons appear to have for hum the mortal realm. Like, they don't want to necessarily be here, but some of them think it's, like, an exotic place that might be cool to go to um and so in this you know they're just kind of like setting up i like it 
that's just not it's just like immediately into the action uh baron samiti shows up and basically is uh helping him he's like hey you should check this out that demon you just killed was summoned by this old white bitch in <laughs> a plantation house right and so he's like oh okay so he goes to this uh and he's he's not like you know foolishly following he's like okay baron samiti's helping me out but i don't know why and samiti's like people are dying too fast and I want you to fix it. So basically he's saying hell is filling up too quickly. Um, so he goes to this rich person party. It's a masquerade. And this old lady has people, um, including herself, like pouring demon blood. You find out it's demon mm. blood all over themselves. Uh, towards the end you find out that it actually captured, summoned and captured a demon. And were draining it to in order to use the blood. And they basically, and the reason why is that they were going to use some kind of like spell to go through mirrors into the demon world is like a tourist thing because they're rich and they want right. some adventure yes. you know creepy cre creepy rich people oh yeah um they go into through the mirror and the first guy who goes through the mirror the blood does not work to cover the reality of that he's a human they thought it would just like disguise kind of like uh, rubbing yourself with guts so zombies don't come oh, after yeah. you type yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. so he immediately he like goes through the mirror and then immediately comes back out and he's basically like this swollen, gross, like pussy looking thing. And then he explodes and a bunch of bugs come out of him. Oh, gross. And they're like demon bugs. So they go around and they start attacking. They're like, oh my God, they're attracted to the blood. <laughs> and so now everyone who's covered in blood is attr being attracted to by the bugs. Uh, they start slaughtering all the people in the room. Uh, Shadow Man shows up and does his thing. Um, so it's, I, could, I mean, it's a little gross. Oh, it is gross. So I just, I just gotta say, when at first you said the book, you were, I was thinking of The Shadow for some reason. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking the old, you know, crime yeah. capers and all no, that. No, no. Shadow. <laughs> and then you're like, demons and blood? I'm like, this got dark. dark. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Uh, and here you go, you know, here's a page of uh, oh, I love it. him exploding. Oh, and that is It's cool. a bunch of, like, bugs and stuff. So he kind of goes in. He takes care of them pretty easy. Um, but it's just an intro, right? It's yeah. got the character. It shows off a little bit of what he can do. He's very confident and capable, which is kind of cool. Um, the art style is very, very good. Um, so we'll see. I think number two comes out soon because I think this is a week or two ago nice. this one was released. Um, it is written by Colin Bunn. Artist is John Davis Hunt. Colorist is Jordi Belair. And kudos, because the color's really cool. Yeah. Oh, Jordi's, yeah. Yeah. It really helped it stand Best out. Best in class. I mean, right when you said that, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, a story like that's right up Colin Bunn's alley, too. So. Awesome. All right. Well, I have uh, one uh, other comic, and that, <laughs> I hope that got picked up on the mic. But, um, it's louder. <laughs> And uh, it is Compass, uh, number one, from Image Comics. Now, this is something that it... I do like weird titles, like something like... It draws me in. Mm -hmm. Like Shadow Man, that draws me in. And also, find out it's from Valiant, which I love too, I would probably pick that up and read it, and I will after your review. But uh, this one was Compass, The Cauldron of Eternal Life, is the um, underscore moniker of it. And... I was like, all right, let's get into this. And right away, I was in love with the art because that's what mainly there is. Um, the art by Justin Greenwood, and this is written by Robert McKenzie and David Walker. Now, I was 
interested too on the title page Greg Rucka presents and I was like that's weird but then I found out why he's part of this whole team and everything going on in image as well but it starts off with just saying the time the setting where it's at outside of this castle it's a uh, 1242 in the barbarian calendar and we meet our protagonist but there is like eight pages of just like no words whatsoever it's just art and this person breaking into this you know looks like long forgotten castle even for the times of so is it like scenery shots of like them progressing through breaking into this yep. okay and then them like finding the stair or them clicking a uh you know a booby trap and the the looks like the ceiling's falling in on them and they're up in this tower and so they start sliding down like the stairs on like some wood and it look it made for a fun you know intro like indiana jones this type like and that's actually something i didn't think of until now but it is pretty much like any of those him getting into one of the temples and where he's going to find out and one of the things that i heard about this was it's really exploring the Islamic history, something that has not been really done all that much within the comic book world, which is part of the reason why I wanted to pick this up because it's something different and they have uh, people within this that are true historical people. I guess this castle is a true historical castle within the real world. Now granted, the and a lot of this comes from the back of this book where they explain why they came up with this. They're like, Sure, the magic, you know, is made up, obviously, and, and some of the settings for this, but they're trying to give as much of a, a real history of this part of the world that isn't mostly known. Like, you know, we explore England or Africa or, I guess, not so much Australia because it's a newer continent, but, you know, we get a lot more history from the world and not from this area um in Islamic um, history. So we follow our main uh, character, who is a female, Shihida El-Amin, and she is searching for this magical ring of eternal life. Unfortunately, we also meet the bad guys, and there is a little bit of a fight. Now, I'm not going to give too much more of what exactly happens in this book, except for the part after she kicks their ass and these henchmen need to go back to their lord and they start explaining like right away because i was confused too by saying did i miss a scene because they start saying yeah and there was a bunch of men and yeah and i can't believe and then they had a witch sorcerer and then i was like oh they're explaining to their their guy that they got their ass kicked by a bunch of guys and not just one woman mm-hmm. but uh, uh, another person who was there kind of says oh you mean that one girl where did she, did she did she pull a bunch of men out of her pocket and like that one honest guy ruins it for everybody else Shut there's well there's a relationship between this person and and the protagonist but it goes on to um you you understand even during this time too where there is um i guess not druids but you know priests and everything and and even religion now um, as divided as it is, was really divided then in the Middle East and everything as well. So to have some, um, I guess, interactions, which happens later on in this story, was really interesting and fulfilling and also just downright, I don't know, awesome. I was glad to to hear um, 
some of these places and it makes me want to explore some more so at the end of this book all the the team explained kind of how they got involved in this how it all came to fruition as well as some books that you can read if you want to read up on the history um of some of these famous people that they mentioned in here and everything so i thought that's cool but i'm definitely going to continue on with this work because i really really enjoyed it and i need to know more about who these bad guys are this golden army everything and everything in between that they've made up with this so cool i loved it did it just get released this is brand new yeah just came okay. out this week how many pages was it Got it. Well, like that, 20, so I, uh, I think it's just normal, like, like a twenty something, twenty eight. I feel like it's even a little bit more than that. I think it was about like maybe a thirty. Okay. Thirty or forty pages for a number one issue. I mean, Image sometimes has a little bit more. Uh, I was say because you were talking about like the first few. Well, that's the thing. I almost thought I was like, is this going to be a whole silent issue? Which I was. I'm always a person that likes lots of dialogue, but then I'm also I like silent books sometimes. But I'm like, I need to know kind of what's going on in this world. <laughs> And it, it felt like it had just enough because they also had a lot of other scenes that were just the art spoke for itself. That is a testament to the artist when they can do that. So kudos to that. One of my favorite finds that I've found nice. in a while. That didn't make sense, but yeah, find found. Find founded. Yes. Done founded. So on to some news. Yeah. Uh. First, we can talk about Loki. Yes. Because that's on everyone's minds. I love that they explored how they're working the time, like, travel stuff and how it makes total sense. It doesn't have paradoxes of, like, why not just go back beforehand? And they explained easily why they can't. And I'm like, holy shit, that's something I've never really thought of. And I watch all time travel stuff, so thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And it was a reasonable explanation, too. Yeah. It wasn't just like, a, it's kind of weak. It's like, oh, okay. Right? You know, I think that's one thing that people kind of complained about with the whole Avengers time travel. And then the fact that they also addressed that. They're like, well, the Avengers did it. They're like, yeah, they were supposed to do it. Right. They're like, oh. Right. Well. It was part of the, ma- <laughs> the master timeline or whatever. And I think, you know, and even that, if that's, you know, that's a small thing to, like, address it. So... Yes, people won't complain about it, but it also introduces, right, the idea that, are these tyrants? These time lords, are they tyrants? You know, who are they, and why do they get to pick what what is okay and what right. not? Which Loki is the perfect character to go, be introduced to go against, you know, the system. I, just, I never thought time travel or... or anything would be comparable to salad but here we are <laughs> that that whole that whole scene we talked about i was like as soon as it happened i told tony i was like that was literally unnecessary like that provided no it actually was worse yeah because of the salad but i cracked me up the whole time um so they got they got into um lady loki much sooner than i thought they were going to and I did not realize they were going to use her as such an intricate tool. I thought for sure they were just going to throw her in as like a... One of the ultimates that yeah. appears somewhere. Now, the casting is a little weird to me. Just because I did expect her to look a little bit more like Loki. Like a dark-haired, you know, just like a lady version of... Yeah, and maybe not playing a totally <laughs> different character yeah. that she probably is. Right, right. Because here's the big thing that's been all the internet sleuths, which 
it annoys me, but again, it was my first thought when I saw the person, mm -hmm. and I right away was like, is that the Enchantress? But, you know, it was, she goes by Loki. However, on the Spanish translation for it, instead of, it just said the variant, uh, that she was uh, the actress that was playing it for that character. Mm -hmm. It didn't say a name. But, um, somewhere it said Sylvie. And people were like, okay, uh, that's a weird name. Let's look up that name online. They also have released uh, a Marvel Loki and Sylvie helmet replicas. And when you get down into it, back when uh, they were in Broxton, uh, Oklahoma, and they were all being reborn as humans and everything, Loki had given uh, a person there... Uh, named Sylvie, the powers of the Enchantress. Hmm. So, <laughs> who is this person? Probably not Loki, but, but another... also maybe 100% Loki, because when we deep dive too far into these shows, we're always very wrong. Except for when it's Mephisto. <laughs> You're right, Linz. It is not Enchantress. It's Mephisto. <laughs> well, I think that's one thing that we saw very well with both. I mean, they weren't... That's the thing is, neither of the previous two shows, right? Captain America or Falcon and Winter Soldier and um, WandaVision, they weren't, like... They were actually pretty bad about deep dive. Mm -hmm. Like, they were not shows where it worked well. They threw a lot of Easter eggs in there yep. that were great for comics fans, but they were negligible Easter eggs. Right. It wasn't like, because you had comics knowledge, you're like, I knew the answer four episodes ahead of time, right? Right. You don't, that's the thing that I think that they've done really well, is you're like, I don't know. I mean, even the difference differences between the comic stories of the Infinity War and what we actually saw mm -hmm. in the MCU movies, they've done a really good job of being like, yeah, it's cool that you know the comic stuff, and here's some things to make you feel special about knowing the history, right. but we're writing our own story. So, again, uh, yeah, I think that's why, one of the reasons I like it, too, is because if I happen to stumble upon uh, a blog writer's article and I'm reading through it, I'm like, oh, that's a cool theory. It doesn't like ruin my experience of the shows because they've done such a good job of keeping an original story. So, right. and it might be you know the whole Mephisto thing that could literally just be a picture for people like, hey, this is a stained glass of Mephisto, <laughs> enjoy it, and it never comes up. You never know. So, I don't know. I do have other strong theories more now so than ever, but I don't. I don't feel like needing to. I don't know. Brainwash other people to believe what I believe, but I think I'm right. <laughs> and, and you'll never change your mind yes <laughs> um so some set pieces well pictures of people on set i should say have been released um pierce bronson uh as dr fate he's not in costume or anything pierce but brosnan. Brosnan. brosnan oh sorry what'd i say bronson bronson oh He's like, not related to Charles. Yeah, like chip, but I'm thinking like a Chip Bronson, you know, <laughs> alpha male. Pierce Bronson. 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 Yeah. I think I've said his name wrong my entire life. Pierce Bronsonino. Uh, anyways, I don't really get to see him in uh, makeup or anything, but just, you know, he's got a beard going right now, and he looks kind of like the old wise guy. Uh, he's on the set of the... Um, 
what's the Shazam family? Uh, Shazam. Yeah. Shazam. Yeah. yeah. The Shazam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which then also there was a set photo of all of them in their costumes, which the costumes look so much better than the original. Which I thought they did a decent job yeah. on the first movie. Out of all the DC movies I've seen lately, that was good. That was really good. Was and really good. this one I'm really excited for. And then there's also some scenes on the Flash movie. Oh, yeah, that's still happening, isn't with, it? With Michael Keaton. Isn't it? And a Batmobile. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's is the continuation from the... Well, this is going to be a Flashpoint. We all know it is, so, but they haven't officially yeah. said that. So Michael Keaton definitely is involved, which is very exciting. Well, he's going to be Bat Bruce Wayne. I know. That's why it's very exciting, Tony. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, Bruce Wayne? Ah. Oh. He was... I, you know what? Maybe he's gonna be in the universe where he goes down on. You're gonna say he's the best Batman. He's the best yes. Batman. Woo! He's the best Batman by far, by far. I agree. Uh, by far. You're gonna have a bunch of Christian Bale. Christian Bale was ancillary <coughs> to those movies. Mm-hmm. Everybody else around him acted the shit out of the, the, that. <laughs> yeah. He just was there with his Batman voice <laughs> <laughs> and yell, yelling at people. Backstage. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't have a Batman voice if you're not yelling at people That's all day. True. To That's true. That's <laughs> true. Ruin your throat. So, um. uh, two things that happened in, in books this week that I was quite excited to find out about. Just uh, small tidbits. So, in the Aliens book that came out, uh, it was revealed that they have like a sixth sense of following. Once the embryo is inside you, growing like. The xenomorphs can like pinpoint where you're at which I'm like that's a little bit more scary and something they've never said in the movies but I guess though too they wouldn't necessarily kill you so maybe they're doing that to make sure something else doesn't kill you because they want their brethren to come alive but also yeah they're nannying that'd be kind of fucking scary Wet to nurses. also not know that you have one in you but also have these things following yeah. you alien how would you not know that you had one inside of you most had, of them don't know what the facehuggers did at first. They couldn't feel it shove something down their throat. Maybe it was like a chode version, right? Yeah. It just wasn't big enough. Because to they, really all, they feel all wake it. up kind of like that was weird. Or <laughs> wow, well, night last night. Really I know that. that's just what they're telling I'm themselves. Fucking wasted. <laughs> it's a bunch of denial. I've had things done. Have you seen the movies? The they don't day. really. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any of them that have really. They didn't have like a weird. I guess, though, they didn't really show that that many people get face-huggered. Face-huggered. I don't know. It's a verb, I, 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 f- I feel like it gives you some, like, drugs to make you forget. Oh, great. Date rape. Oh. <laughs> Drug. Yeah, yeah, the xenomorphs weren't bad yeah. enough yeah. with the whole chest bursting. Right, right. Um, but in Captain America Annual Number 1, there was uh, Nick Fury's uh, secret files of the biggest threats to hit the Marvel Universe. And I just thought it was cool whenever they do these small, like, let's talk about, you know, how this character fits into the all, uh, universe and their thoughts and everything. And so you have Galactus, so there's eight of them. Galactus, Thanos, um, Apocalypse, Mephisto, the Infinity Gems, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Shogun Ra, I think is his name. The um one of the many angled ones, 
um, as well as what was hidden behind some people, but you could definitely tell that it was like the pointy hat with some, you know, magic like things coming out and it being um, a Scarlet Witch. Mm. So those to him are the eight biggest threats to the Marvel Universe and Scarlet Witch is a big threat. Yeah. She can warp reality at a moment's notice. It's a bad month. <laughs> so I just thought, though, you know, it's kind of cool seeing Nick Fury's, you know, case files of the top most wanted. Yeah. And that's all that I really took out of that issue. But, um, nice. throw that out there as well. For everybody who loved Sweet Tooth, Jeff Lemire, who wrote Sweet Tooth, uh, has a new book coming out soon called um, Maze Book. And let me tell you guys, Jeff Lemire is prolific. He writes some of the best shit I've ever read. So if you enjoyed Sweet Tooth, then I would certainly look out for this one. Get ahead of it before they make it into a show and you're watching it. <laughs> uh, read it before before then. Do you, uh, did, did you see the show as well? Yeah. Good? Yeah. Like, oh, what's... it's so good. Okay. And it's accurate? so... Like, it just makes your heart feel bad and good at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just one of those shows where you're like... You see the worst of humanity oh and my, the best of humanity. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It's just, <clears throat> it's amazing. And yes, it is It is fairly book accurate. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be. I think that's one thing no. people need to get away from is being right. book accurate. You know, it can be true to the story, like yeah. the tone, and you can change some things, but... Right. That's cool. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Lemire is pretty great. He had another book that he did years ago called Trillium that was really good. He did Descender, which was also a really good, really, really good story. So I would highly suggest reading anything that he's written, um, <coughs> but it's always fun to read his new stuff. Cool. Especially if he's doing the art on it, because he's got some wild style when it comes to his art. Uh, E3 happened. It technically happened two weeks ago, but it... <clears throat> it's weird. It used to be like three days, right? Mm -hmm. But now, because, partially because of being digital, it was spread into five days. Um, so it went from like Friday to Wednesday, I think is what it was. Uh, the uh, For those who aren't in the know, G4 is coming back. Uh, it is quickly picking up different talent. Um, and Adam Sessler has been doing his reviews and stuff as well. Uh, so it felt good to have a little nostalgia of yeah. watching... <clears throat> some G4 co review coverage because back in the day, you know, in college, I'd be uh, sitting in the living room for parked in the living room for like three days watching nothing but G4 coverage of E3 for like 10 hours a day and just get everything. Um, so it was nice to see a little bit of that, but there almost was nothing released. Yeah. So, one thing that people need to realize is that we actually got a lot more games than we should have last year with covid but that was because all of the games that released last year were close to finishing production and so they could be you know they were at the almost across the finish line they were wrapping stuff up and then anything that was mid-production that was likely going to release this year was what got delayed because of COVID. except for cyberpunk but they just really it should have, have. Delayed yeah. that one. which it is officially after I think it was two hundred days, I think is what they said. I'd have to check, but um, it is officially back on the PlayStation oh, Store. Oh, really? So I was gonna say they're but, announcing an anime soon, which would probably come out before it came back. But, but PlayStation does say it's still broken, so they said it, we're letting it up, but it's still broken oh, in a lot of ways. Sad. 
Um, but you know, with you know, without with besides that one example, right? Everything that we're likely would have gotten this year, we'll most likely be getting next year. A couple things are coming out this year. Some cool things were released. Nintendo seemed to probably have some of the brighter stuff. Two things, Nintendo. And then Xbox Game Pass is looking better and better and better if you're a gamer. Um, you know, it's basically you pay a subscription and you just get to stream whatever games you want oh. um, for within their library. And the library is getting huge. How much is that? Um, the Game Pass, like, I mean, you can do, I think they have a couple deals, but the first month is a dollar. Oh, that's um, always good, too. I'm going to guess it's twenty four ninety nine a month. Fourteen ninety nine oh, is better. for the ultimate, and then if you do, that gives you PC and console. Okay. And it just console is ten ninety nine a oh, month, wow. or just PC is ten ninety nine a month. So, is this like <clears throat> stuff that's older? Like it won't include newer games? Oh, brand new games brand coming new games? out will be okay. on this. Oh, nice. Um, Microsoft. So Microsoft this past year bought Bethesda. That was one of their big purchases. So Skyrim and Fallout and all those. uh, Bethesda is actually releasing a new game that is bright, which is something new for them to use a color palette that isn't in the Sevilla family. Right? You know, nuclear color. Yeah. Um, It's a space game. We'll see what they basically showed like a trailer that showed cutscenes, so it didn't show any actual gameplay. That's still a ways out. Um, if you do get the ultimate uh, game pass, you also get gold included in it. So, uh, game pass is not the same as Xbox Live Gold, which they are separate services. But you get you get included, and that's ten dollars a month for so for fifteen bucks a month, you get a ten dollar value from gold. You get all the streaming things, and then you get it for PC and console. Um, nice. So That'd be nice when the other big companies start doing that. I hope so. There's yep. a lot of games I want to play I don't want to buy. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think this this is a big thing for Microsoft because uh, Sony, between the PS5 and the Xbox One X, I, for, or I forget what the new one's called, but between the two of them, Sony really killed it with their exclusives. There was nothing on the Xbox you were like, eh, I need to get that one. Right. But with this service, the fact that maybe you're not going to get your exclusives, but you get everything else mm-hmm. for so much cheap. You're not buying games. You're just paying what... Because nowadays, people really don't care. For games that are coming out now, no one cares. Like, I can't wait for 15 years to replay uh, Halo 6, you know, on my Xbox 42. You know, that's, there's not the nostalgia factor that there is for, like, 8-bit games, right? Right. We've reached a breaking point where modern graphics happened, and then they just get... In, you know they're tweaking them to get relatively better, but there's not a sense of nostalgia with. Yeah, the old those. stuff just looks shitty. It doesn't give you that feeling of like. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. not playing like Nintendo 64 games and being like, oh my god, this is still amazing. Yeah. I don't go back to Battlefront, yeah. Battlefield 2, and say, oh my right. god, Battlefield 2. It's like you know, okay, yeah, it was cool and stuff, but I would much rather play nostalgia Mario 64. Right. You're not gonna get the Legend of Zelda Game and Watch uh, thing. Probably not for me. It is cute. It's a little. Le- I mean, Game & Watch, single game, handheld. But it has four games, technically. Because <laughs> one of them is a Game & Watch game that they put Link's head on. Yep. But it's got uh, Legend of Zelda, Legend of Zelda 2, and Link's Awakening. I think it would there. be cool to go on my shelf. I think 
would be probably the biggest thing because I could get all those things on the Switch. I know. And At 720p. I really, I've played them numerous times. I don't really, I just want Breath of the Wild 2. I, I, so I pulled up an article that says eight surprises that rocked our socks off. Woo! At E3? At E3 2021. I'm surprised they found eight things. The first one is Sable, which looks like an independent game. I, I will say that is in that list, you're probably going to get a lot of indie. This year was really good for yeah, indie games. I love a good so indie game. This is very much a journey. If you've ever played Journey as Sable, that kind of appearance, artistic style, but. Uh, number two, Forza Horizon 5 and Metroid Dread. That's going to be fucking sweet. I'm, yeah, I'm getting that one. Yeah. Forza Horizon 5? No. Oh. Metroid. <laughs> I was almost going to say I'm going to pre-order it, but Who doesn't fuck love pre-orders. a good racing game, though? Well, and I mean, at the end of the day. They say uh, Forza, it, they, the one thing about the Forza games is they are not like the Madden games, right? Madden 15, 16, 17, 21 are all the same. Right. Right? It's Forza, each one of the Forza ones have added so many different, like, cool cards. It's not my thing, but they really have improved on the f- previous Forzas. They're more realistic. They're more fun. Uh, the car, the amount of cars you can get are expansive. And they don't do a bunch of stupid um, loot box stuff where you're like, maybe I'll get the car I want or not. Right. You just get the cars right. you want to drive. So, And then, of course, Metroid Dread, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a old school side scroller I want to know what the, what it we can go in depth with that one too what it means to be the ending chapter of it all they keep talking about which I don't understand if they're just saying that's going to be the ending of the 2D side scroller even though they've said they possibly will go down that route again but like it sounded like it's the end of Samus like well they I have heard talk that they may introduce a new character in the uh, the Samus the hunter uh, the bounty hunter outfit. So I you know that's going to have a backlash if, if they do. Still a lady, if it's still a lady. I mean, that was always the best part of Metroid is that Samus. Yeah, even back know. in the day, you pulled yeah. it off. You're like, that guy's got really long hair. At the end, <laughs> he pulls off the helmet and it's got this long, flowing blonde hair. You're like, wait a minute, I was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> what a great feeling as a girl playing that game. Um, Wario wear, get it together. Yeah. And then they also mentioned Metroid Dread again. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, Final Fantasy Origin Strangers of Paradise. I'm not a huge Final... I know, it's controversial. I'm not a huge Final Fantasy fan. Um, <laughs> I will say, for anyone who likes good games, um, Final Fantasy Fifteen was pretty rough. That's the latest like main title. But the Final Fantasy Seven remake. remake, phenomenal. 10 out of 10. I like... I, it actually was a game that made me want to 100% it. Yeah. Like, get all of the extras, the, um, all the different, like, magics and everything. Hmm. So, that one's definitely... I cried. I watched somebody play 10, and I cried at the end of 10. That's my closest I've gotten to a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> the Outer Worlds 2 and Advance Wars. I don't know what either of those Advance are. Advance Wars. Back in the day, I played a ton of that. That was one of the earlier... Tactics game was pretty yep. big. It was a Game Boy Advance game, so back in the day, and okay. you know, you got little cute. They look like toy, like tanks and stuff, and you're moving them around ah. the grids, and you have fog of war and different, gotcha. you know, artillery and stuff like that. 
And then the last thing on the list we've already talked about, Xbox Game Pass. So that clearly is one of the things that a lot of people are excited about. Yep. Good year for indie games. There, there should be some really good ones coming out this year. Good. Not a whole lot of games like AAAs are coming out. So you can pre-order the Breath of the Wild 2. But what do we say, Tony? No to pre-orders. Pre no pre-orders. Wait, wait till it comes out to see how buggy it is before yes. you order yes. it. Yeah. I don't know, but you can go pretty decently on a well, Zelda game. That's like, true. That's fair. But you know, the, it's just the thing is a pre-order. You know, one we need to as a, it's our dollar, right? We speak with the dollar, and we're teaching companies that it's okay for them to give us trash because we've already paid them. Right. Right before we. Yep. You don't pay for, you don't go to a, a car dealership and say, I'll take this, and you've never seen. Give me the 2023 Kia Optima. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And My engine won't explode like it's it, done it in has fast. A, it has a battery <laughs> battery problem where the battery leaks and yeah. then ignites. Yeah. Um, I had a bunch of toy news that I could spend hours talking about. Uh, we don't such, have hours, Tony. Such as, like, a $400 uh, set of Fantastic Four figures that are ultra posable with multiple faces and arm swaps and everything. Well, so we talked about a couple weeks ago is that does it have all the different angles of movement, elbow, wrist, all that for posing? Mm -hmm. Different, hand, different hands You gotta and get it. I want to, but that's a lot. Or I could you go... You should not get it. You're a bad influence. I could spend, spend $100 more and get the Playmobil... USS Enterprise. No, why? For five hundred dollars. Why Playmobil? Yes, that's, that's the like one. the GoBots of Legos. <laughs> it's <laughs> the not even Legos. It's they're, the Duplo. No, they're not even that. They're little figures that. Yeah, they don't even have. You don't make things with them. They're they, just little they have, figures. They don't have legs. Like they that. Don't. When I saw that it was five hundred bucks, I'm like, holy. Fuck, who would spend that? But I was like, but it looks like a cool Tony's. set. You're like, I who mean, would spend that? I'm expecting him to turn around and be like, guys, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> and then there's a Lego shoe that they also just promoted and came out with. I did see it's that. It's a shoe made out of Legos oh. that I kind of really want. And it's only 80, but also I'm not How a big shoe person. How it? Did they talk about that? As far as like wearing it and actually wearing like you're, it, it's like a shoe you can wear. No, you can't wear it. It just it looks like it's an Adidas shoe that you can make. It's about this big. Oh make Jesus it out Christ! Legos. Just buy some Legos and make a shoe. How hard can it be? Yeah, but it's not the. <laughs> it's like NFTs. It's not the thing. Right? But my last tidbit of news, and you'll probably like this, Anthony. Do you know who uh, Hiromu Arakawa is? It sounds very familiar, but yeah, the, all, the, all like, of them do. <laughs> yes. Uh, creator of Full Metal Alchemist. Yes, okay. Has a big announcement of an upcoming project that she's going to announce July 12th. A new... She hasn't done anything since Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. and this is going to be Full Metal Alchemist related. <gasps> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So I'm like, I'm hyped. That's interesting, because that... I'm curious if this that, is, it's the 20th anniversary. I'm curious if that'll be good. If it's something new, like a new story, that universe was pretty fleshed out. Like, as far... That was, like, a fairly complete story. The villain... Of their part of the world, though. Yes. I mean, maybe she'll introduce a new magic system or something, you know. That, you can have the same magic... Or maybe a different competing they, magic they, system. They can't use the same people. They, well, they can't use the same characters. I mean, maybe you could mention them... One doesn't even have alchemy anymore. 
um, the main the protagonist does not have uh, the ability yeah. to use alchemy. It's the fun so. part about being the creator of something, though, is you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, no one wants an ass pull to bring him back. He, it was it belittles <laughs> the, 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 the philosopher's stone gives them the real powers back. They introduce something that gives them that I don't know. It's like it, it re, Nobody it asks the, what's her name to make Dumbledore gay, but she went ahead and did that. So <laughs> those are some of my favorite ones because then, like, where people like cops are hunting her down because she's like keeps tweeting. He's like, she sent another tweet. We have to find her. And they get, you know, she shipping two characters. Yes, and you're right, though. I, it'll be hard to see how but, it can get rejuvenated. Hey, but the original hey, was really good. So, I, I mean, and you I know have, what? Actually, I could just follow another person in that world, too. Like, I enjoyed mm-hmm. that magic system really well. But the thing is, I, I would love, I think it would be an excellent if she didn't use the same characters. Maybe they're, like, in the background or, like, they're teachers or something cool, whatever. But they had, like, a really cool finished story um but it's it's a one of a kind right the concept of alchemy um in that has you know there's a bit a billion magic systems but full metal alchemist is really unique so that's gonna go into my quick plug for a show that just hit netflix right now record of ragnarok oh my god it's so good and it made i powered through the whole series just this past weekend and i realized why i like anime so much is because You'll have a, a system of whatever magic or whatever there is going on it's in there. It's just D&D. And then... At the end of the day, it's all just D&D. <laughs> Almost, yes. Because yeah. you want to exploit what you can do yes. to fuck over the other person. Excellent. And that's what I enjoy the most. You have your power set, but yet you have a weakness, but the other person has their weakness. And how do you exploit that one weakness with your power set in a way you never thought of and two episodes later creatively do that? Like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure... Is that to a T? Yeah, except it's written by someone who's permanently on acid. And so that's also, <laughs> but it makes sense. So this this show, this new one that just came out, the gods are going to vote to eradicate all of humans, because why not? And then someone intervenes and goes, why don't we have a tournament? Let's, uh, and they, uh, they invoke Ragnarok, a small little tidbit that they put in their rules of godhood of, Allowing humans to have a tournament to save themselves, and so like fuck it, okay. So then she gets to pick all these heroes from. It's all Mortal of time. Kombat. You say that's not what Ragnarok is. is <laughs> well, it? no, but that's what this is. They're co-opting a Norse. Well, Odin's in there. Loki's in, like they're all the different gods. Like, is it do, so? Do they use all the pantheons, or is it just Norse? They yeah, they're all there, but you don't they. You know, they pick kind of certain pick ones, certain to, ones to be kind of the main mm. But they use focus. Like Egypt, Greek, Roman. They're, they're there, yeah. You'll yeah. see them in the background and everything. So yeah. it's so good. You see Jesus, he's like, hey. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Invoke Ragnarok, do My it. My dad said it was okay that I was here today. <laughs> <laughs> he's better than you. He made you. <laughs> All right. Um, booze in a book this week. Uh, Seven Swords, uh, number one. That's the booze or the book? No, it's the book. Okay. Written by Evan That's gonna be a dope whiskey. Dordery. Seven Swords. Seven Swords. Uh, and art by Ricardo Latina. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, thinking Seven Swords, I'm thinking there's got to be Seven Swordsmen. And this starts off with the chapter called The Last Mus- Musketeer. And it follows D'Artagnan. And later on you find out that the other three musketeers are dead because they show up as kind of like a haunting ghost in his vision. And... Mm-hmm. and I'm like, who else is going to be in this? And it, in the back of it, it explains some of the other uh, swashbucklers and everything 
swordsmen of this time and era um, that I think is going to be kind of a cool um, it's not really seems versed in magic per se which I'm cool with that I'm cool with just a sword fighting type yeah. of uh, actual story. skills yes yeah <laughs> and so of course seven swords needs to be paired with the seven and seven of course oh, my grandpa's favorite drink <laughs> Tony I was like I suggested seven and seven because that's the instantly the first thing that popped in my head and then I was like whoa wait a minute do people still drink that <laughs> my <laughs> grandfather has lives in a retirement community um, and has little dinner parties uh, with his old people that they go golfing with Aww. and they always have seven of sevens like, you open his liquor cabinet, and it is just the ingredients for seven and sevens <laughs> in triplicate. You're like, whoa! So, Tony, how do we make a seven and seven? You take Seagram's, and you take some seven up, and you splash them together, and swish it in your mouth, and. Thanks. Or you should yeah. do it over yeah. A, yeah. a glass with some. That's the complexity. The simplicity of it. Yeah. I guess that works, though, because it is an old drink for some old stories. D'Artagnan, classic. Yeah, for sure. Well, with that, stay thirsty for more old timey wimey tales. <laughs>